Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our basketball podcast, our NBA pod. This is uh, Adam Danger. I almost forgot my own name there. Uh, joined with me by my co-host here, Joshy Numbers. Joshy, how's it going? Hi, hi. How's it going, everybody? Hey, doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Glad to be here. We are uh, also awaiting uh, third, the pony member, <laughs> the pony man of the, the Four Horsemen 3, uh, Big Ben. So if he's available, I'm sure he'll just jump on and interrupt what we're talking about. But that's fine. We'll uh, we'll roll on with the punches. But today we're going to talk all things basketball, starting off first with the San Antonio Spurs and what we think might be happening with the Spurs. After that, we'll talk a little bit about around the league and see what how teams are doing this kind of first quarter of the uh, of the NBA season. But let's kick off here. Let's kick off with the San Antonio Spurs. Last night, they fell to the Dallas Mavericks. They are 8-8 eight and eight at this point in time, a 500 team. Some of the big takeaways coming away from last night's game is uh, the injury to DeJounte Murray. One minute into the game, he steps on Chris Stapps Porzingis' foot, sprains his ankle, and is not seen uh, the rest of the game. Those kinds of sprains, though, I feel like maybe are one to two week uh, it didn't look like it was it was really bad, but it's one of those lingering sprains. So you're just going to have to and being a, uh, a point guard, he's going to be on his feet the entire time. So he has to kind of stay off of his feet for a bit. So the Spurs are looking pretty shaky right now. What do you think, Josh numbers? Yeah, um, it, it's not ideal. And especially when you don't know when Derek White's going to come back. That's been a, a huge question. So um, now you're down, you know, really to uh, two combo guards and. Um, I guess Trey Jones is going to get some more minutes, I, I assume, and uh, Patty's still going to be in his role. Uh, maybe you sign somebody to a 10-day while, uh, uh, while DeJounte recovers. But, um, yeah, it, it, it kind of sucks because Luca went nuts on the Spurs last night, and I kind of felt like if had DeJounte Murray been able to play, you know, all of the game, he probably could have held Luca in check just a little bit. I, I think Luca still would have gotten his, but... I mean, in that first quarter, he was just going off on everybody. And um, DeJounte Murray, despite how he plays on offense, is still a really good defender. Um, And so you're losing that. So it's kind of going to be up to this team to outscore other teams within these next couple of weeks, depending on however long this, uh, this injury lasts for him. Right, right. I think what I saw last night, is a continuation of what I've seen this season from the Spurs, which is very disappointing. It's just one slow starts, even in their wins in yeah. Portland, um, Golden State, where they lost, and and against the Mavericks last night through the beginning of the season, just slow starts. And I I'm thinking about this to myself that this is a team that's still pretty young. I mean, we do have Lamarcus Aldridge, and we do have. DeMar DeRozan, but I think it's safe to say they're not the players that they used to be. They're not the players that are still in their prime. Uh, the majority of this team is going to be on guys like DeJounte Murray, uh, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker. Um, coming off the bench, you've got Patty and, and Rudy. But to start the game, you've got three of these young players starting the game to set the tone. And they almost seem, and I hate to use this word, timid. They seem timid. Mm-hmm. And that it's not until that they're down 10, 15 points that they loosen up, they relax a bit. They shoot. They because it's almost like, oh well, the pressure's off of me right now. You know, I'm 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 so I've got all this pressure and this tension to start the game off hot to to really get going. That we're just we're not playing. We're not establishing ourselves. And again, it's not until you get down. Uh, last night they were down 18 to 19 points that they yeah. started clawing their way back. But they're they're letting it fly. They're shooting. 
so uh, again, slow starts, slow starts on the defensive end as well. You know, there's just not enough um, grit. You know, I, I, I use kind of these ambiguous words here, these vague phrases of grit. But again, um, Tori, the Terminator, pointed this out. You know, someone like Kelton, keep your arms up. Stay in a defensive crouch. You know what I mean? Stay. You have to do that 48 minutes. You have to stay in a defensive crouch. You have to be ready. You can't just be caught uh, looking or being out of position. You have to, from you know the moment the ball is jumped, you have to be ready to go. And it just seems like this team isn't. This team doesn't start that way. And they make a nice little run, but it's it's not good enough. I think that's one of the first issues. Uh, second issue, uh, spacing. There's way too many times that uh, these young players are just in each other's space. You know, the ball will go to the the elbow, the corner three, and another spur player is about less than six feet away from me. So then you've got two defenders. You've got four people all huddled in this one little corner, yeah. and you're trying to shoot a three. And that spacing is terrible. This is awful awful spacing and a lot of it does come from just young players uh not knowing and even you know Dejounte murray not where he needs to be not knowing where he's going to be effective if you're going to pass the ball then you need to cut hard and get out of the way or if you're lonnie walker you need to know when to attack right there's instances where probably the most talented offensive player on the court and he just kind of defers or he doesn't know what he wants to do like that's when Manu Ginobili was the, one of the only guy on the court, he was one with the ball. He was going to either shoot a three, uh, dive for a, a layup, or, or you know pass the ball, set someone up. He knew what he was going to do, and Lonnie doesn't. And to me, that's a little disappointing. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I just think this team is just. I'm not expecting too much effort on defense. To be honest with you, last year's team was uh, horribly just like in, in games just awful on defense uh so i didn't expect much coming into this season they're a little bit better but uh they're still getting burned my biggest problem with this team is the inconsistency on scoring um and your good teams and and up to great teams they have a guy that you know is just going to net you 20 points per game right and like you look through at some of the teams that are more successful you know you have philly with Embiid, uh you have milwaukee with Giannis. boston has a uh, uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. And then, you know, you'll have like Kawhi and Pi George, uh, Paul George with the Clippers and uh, Donovan Mitchell with Utah, Devin Booker with Phoenix. And the Spurs don't have that. They don't have that consistent guy that's going to get you 20 points. Um, it's a bunch of guys maybe scoring around 8 to 17 points per game. And maybe you have somebody go off like Keldon on a random night or um, DeMar DeRozan, I guess, is the closest to it. But there's just not that guy that I'm comfortable with, you know, in the fourth quarter, that's like, okay, here it comes. This guy is going to go ahead and take over the game and score. I think DeMar tries to do that, but after what I saw last night, he, he, he looked really bad. And I, I guess he was probably exhausted well into the fourth quarter and um, didn't come up clutch, but this team needs a consistent guy. That's going to, you know, score 20 points. And I thought Lonnie would be the guy to do that because like I said, I think he's probably the more gifted and talented uh, player on offense. But yeah, he he passes up shots and makes unnecessary extra passes or doesn't go into the lane when he has room. Um, and I felt that, you know, if he wasn't doing that, he could be that guy that's like, OK, here we're going to get 20 from Lonnie and then everything else we get is going to be a bonus. Um, Keldon's kind of been that guy, but there's still nights where Keldon ends up like with 
five points or seven points. Um, and, you know, you need more from that, especially from your starters, uh, especially from uh, from Keldon. DeJounte's been OK. Um, LaMarcus has been really like the definition of boomer bust. I mean, he's a guy that's either having like four points on a night or, you know, will have like 26. Uh, and there's really no in between. Um, and DeMar has been OK. He's He's just been really inconsistent. But. When when he has a bad start, like it, it just sets the tone for the rest of the game, and he just struggles to shoot or, or get into the lane or even draw a foul. So that's been my biggest problem with this team this season. They've kind of exceeded my expectations, being at 500 at this point. But there's still like so many basic, you know, fundamental things where I'm like, man, if you know they could uh, box out a little bit more or you know, if they could complete a double team, like there were times where Luca would be in the corner and be like, that's the perfect time to double team. Um, and then they get there just a split second late. Luca has an open shot or he right. just finds somebody wide open like that, uh, kind of that, that uh, shot that sealed the deal with Jalen Brunson in the corner. I mean, we just got there too late on the double team and then Jalen Brunson's wide open hits a three. Um, so yeah, just stupid fundamental things like that. And maybe they get fixed along the way, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, this definitely isn't like the Spurs teams that we grew up watching where, you know, you, you know that they're going to give maximum effort on defense. And, you know, you knew that there was going to be a guy, whether it be Dave or, or Tim or even into Kawhi, where it was like, cool, this guy's going to get 20 points. Um, and then everybody else is just going to pitch in. It, it just kind of seems like it's, you know, patchwork night to night. Well, let me I pulled up ESPN.com on the Spurs scoring stats. So, um uh... I'm going to I'm going to read you off the points per game, and you tell me what player that this is. So, fourteen point five points per game. Uh, I'm going to say that's Dejounte Murray. No, close. Lamarcus Aldridge. He's only uh, averaging fifteen see. a game. Fourteen. Fourteen point eight points per game. Uh, that's got to be that's got to be Dejounte, right? That is DeJounte. Uh, 14.3 points a game. Uh, I'm going to say that's Keldon. Keldon. Uh, 12.3 points a game. Ugh, it's either Rudy Gay or Patty Mills. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Oh. And finishing off Patty Mills with 14.1 points a game and Rudy Gay with 11.7. So, again, just to kind of go back to your point of one of these, another one of these guys, or two of these guys, really have to hit that twenty point a night barrier. You know, they have to consistently hit that. I would have thought it could be Dejounte. I'm really hoping. So, seeing that he's only at fourteen point eight points a game, uh, you know, doesn't show me a great progress. Once again, Lamarcus Aldridge, fourteen point five, which I think this season, since we've been watching the games, is not really that surprising. Again. And he can go boom or bust. Last night in the first quarter, he just went off. And he just was yeah. shooting threes, looking great. Uh, but then after that, you know, he just cooled off. And he's not bringing anything to the defensive end either. He's not blocking shots. He's not getting rebounds. He's reminding uh, Chris, me a little bit of, of what's that? No, I was going to say, Kristaps Porzingis was just burning him, especially on, uh, on uh, pick and roll plays. It was bad. I think... He's reminded me a little bit of like Tim's last two seasons, like a 2016 yeah. and 2017. But at least Tim, you know, you'd start the game. He was getting blocks. He was getting rebounds and he could move the ball. Um, and then you'd bring in, you know, the power 
guy off the bench. Uh, that's what we're doing now. Is LaMarcus is going to start the game for about three minutes, three to four minutes. If he has it, you leave him in. If he doesn't have it, you put in Jakob, and Jakob's going to get yeoman's duty from the first quarter to the second quarter. And then to close out the, the second quarter into halftime, you put LaMarcus back in. But uh, if he's not going to bring anything on the defensive end, and if he's cold as ice, there's no reason to you know really give him that many minutes. Uh, I think that's why... You know, this is the last season for Lamarcus. I don't see us bringing him back at all. No, maybe not at he all. he signs like a veteran minimum or something, or maybe he gets an MLE deal with some team where he is going to come off the bench. He's he just does not have the the knees anymore, unfortunately. I think we're just seeing a really sharp decline. And once you see that, once you see that, players like Patrick Ewing or Hakeem Olajuwon, right? They just never come back. They just kind of uh, slowly. They slowly retire, and if they've never were great defensive players anyway, guys like Tyson Chandler stayed around for years. Takumi Mutombo stayed around for years because they could still block shots. They could still get a rebound. Yeah. They could set screens. Like, But LaMarcus was never able to do that. So he never had that to kind of rely on as, as, as you age gracefully. So, uh, you know, back again to your point is we, we need better scoring. And, and, and I think maybe- this offense... Well, no, and I was going to say, and and maybe like that's where not having Derek White kind of hurts us a little more because uh, he was a guy in the bubble that was kind of consistently doing that. Um, But I mean, in his absence, you still have to have somebody step up. Right. I think um, the offense, I like that it's kind of an equal opportunity offense when the Spurs are winning, especially against the Lakers, right? And I think this is more of a mental thing is that when you're playing the Los Angeles Lakers, everyone's antenna is up. Everyone's wired. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's ready to play. And they start off the game pretty hot. That's where that equal opportunity offense comes in handy because then you'll, you know, people's threes start falling in. Keldon's looking good. Lonnie chips in. Um, DeJounte Murray gets some steals and, and gets some easy layups. He gets, you know, almost a triple double. Uh, DeMar is, uh, everything's cohesive, right? But everyone has to be dialed in. Again, that's a, that's a coaching aspect. Um, and I don't think it's, it reflects poorly on pop. I'm just saying that as a coach, you have to figure out how do I get these five people dialed in, ready to go every game, you know, 80, 72 games, 82 games, a hundred games. How do I keep these people and for the most part, I, the reason you're at 500 is because some nights they are dialed in and some nights they aren't. And how many times has Pop had to say, well, this team is out to lunch or they're soft uh, to try to get them focused, but they're, they're still not. And that's really disappointing. Yeah. And I, I, I guess to that point, you know, I, I like how the offense is spread around a little more. Um, you know, and maybe next year, because it's still a, a group of young guys, you know, and maybe next year. Keldon takes a, another leap. Um, you kind of know what you have with Lonnie at this point. Maybe, you know, maybe he can be that 20 point a game score, but maybe he's just going to be a guy that's going to get you 15, maybe hustle a little. I, I still think he's a little below average on, on defense. Um, I'd like to see more of Devin uh, Vassell. I, I think that he's a guy that's been really good on those catch and shoot corner threes. Um, and he just brings maximum effort on, uh, on defense. I know how Pop is about playing rookies, uh, unless their names are uh, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. Um, but, you know, maybe it's a Kawhi situation with Devin Vassell. I'm not comparing the two, but uh, I remember in Kawhi's rookie year, he was kind of uh, slow to be brought along. And then, um, you know, towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, you, you saw him get more playing time. Uh, whether or not this team makes the playoffs, you know, I don't know. But 
you know, maybe you see a little more out of uh, out of Vassell. Maybe Derek White comes back and, you know, he regains some of that strength that he had um, during the bubble. And then hopefully DeJounte's injury isn't, you know, a nagging injury to the point where he can be explosive out of the gate. But, um, you know, and, and for all of DeJounte's inconsistencies, if he plays the entire game last night, I think it's a different game. You know, maybe maybe we don't end up winning. I think there's probably a good chance we could have ended up winning. But, um you know, Luke is not going off like that. Uh, and, you know, we have another guy that can drive to the lane because a lot of what I saw last night and a lot of what's been happening, especially in these losses, is that they stop going into the lane and they settle for just mid-range jumpers or bad three-pointers or they just settling for bad shots late in the shot clock. Um, and I think somebody like DeJounte, who really isn't a great shooter, he can hit a three, you know, and he has a decent mid-range jumper, but... Um, one of the things I like about him and it drives other people crazy is he's not afraid to just kind of go into lane at any point. Um, even if there's like two or three people kind of standing in there, uh, he's still not afraid to go in there. And I think that's what you kind of miss because like we saw last night, um, they're just a bunch of guys just waiting around the perimeter, just putting up bad shots. And it, it, the offense really wasn't moving, uh, especially with when LaMarcus is in. And I know we, we bag on LaMarcus a lot and, some of it's deserved and some of it's undeserved, but God, that team is just so much slower when he's in the game. Right. I, I like when you talked about um, DeJounte cutting to the rim. One of the things I've noticed too is, is for opposing defenses, all they're going to do is either play a zone because like we struggle against the zones or yeah. they just pack it into the paint. So you've got a bunch of guys that um, will will just sag in the paint and it leaves guys like Keldon Johnson open and he's been, Lately, the past two weeks, his three-point has been horrible. And so they're daring yeah. us to shoot these three-pointers. And we're, like you talked about, you know, we're settling for these bad shots. But I think the the defenses are really getting to us by just packing it in the lane. Like, anytime we get DeMar or uh, DeJounte into the lane, then they try to make us a, a nifty pass. You've got four pairs of hands, you know, uh, deflecting the ball or getting a rebound or forcing us into a very tough shot. And we can't make them pay with um with you know sweet outside shooting or or being left so open or having you know lamar soldiers at the three-point line not hitting anything it just it just kills the offense there so let's ask this let's 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 go towards this uh what are some changes that you think the spurs can enact today to to kind of get out of this rut i think um honestly i i think trying to have some kind of zone buster offense um maybe have somebody penetrate into the lane a little bit more um, and then kind of, you know, set up shots and maybe not bad three point shots like they have been taking, like Keldon's been taking maybe once those defenses are kind of absorbing, let's say like a DeJounte Murray or uh, DeMar DeRozan kind of in the paint, you can kind of kick it out to Keldon Johnson for like a 12 foot jumper or LaMarcus Aldridge for a, you know, a, a 16 footer. Cause he's, he's still money from there. I, as bad as LaMarcus has been from three pointer, you know, inside of the line he's he's been money um I, I think you can kind of do that to help the offense i think that you can kind of spread lamarcus's minutes around maybe have him play the first five minutes and like you said if he's not going um then you can put like a Jakob, maybe even trey lyles or maybe even put rudy gay and go really small and just run up the court i think that's one of the things that's been kind of missing on offense this year and that we saw in the bubble is that this team can this team can run up the court like it's not a matter of you know 
are, do they have the legs and are they fast enough to run up the court? Like they definitely have the legs and bodies to do it. They just don't. They set up in, uh, you know, just in a half court offense too many times and settled for that. Um, but yeah, like like you mentioned, you know, Flamarcus isn't getting it done within the first couple of minutes. And if he's cold, just kind of pull him immediately, you know, maybe play him at the end of the second quarter or when somebody needs a rest and go small, you know, go as small as you can and have these guys just kind of run up and down the court. I, I still think that they need uh, better three-point shooting. Patty's been great, but, you know, you don't want to have to rely on on his legs, uh, you know, all too often, especially coming off the bench. Um, but, yeah, these guys like Kelvin Johnson can, and Lonnie Walker can start knocking down threes. Um, DeMar's been taking a little more threes, and, and he's been a little bit better. I think that opens it up a little more, and you can get better open shots from the perimeter rather than these shots where they're, being contested and they're still putting him up um so i think they i honestly think they just need to go small if they can't get lamarcus or demar Derozan going within those first five minutes of the game i think um i really agree with that there i'm gonna go back to something you said earlier about devin vassell i would do is i think i'm just gonna swap out lonnie walker for devin vassell and, and for yeah. this reason is devin and Keldon are are smart. Above all, they're very, very smart basketball players. They know where they need to be. They know uh, where to move around on the court. They know spacing. But they're both very, very good defensive players. And I want two really good perimeter defensive players starting the game. Again, if we're starting off slow, uh, I want guys that are getting in there to kind of uh, harass the other team's best shooters, the best scorers. I also want two guys to kind of get deflections and start fast breaks. You talked about we have young legs. We can't run a fast break. These guys have no, no idea how to run a fast break. They're always running too close to each other. No one spreads out. I think last night I did see the first uh, completed fast break uh, layup, and we've had like five of these a game, and we blow them all. And again, that's just not having intelligent basketball players, not having savvy veterans that know, hey, I'm going to get out of your way. I'm going to go to the three-point line. I'm going to make it easy for you. And just bunching up. And again, a lot of this, I think, goes to the youth and not having the experience of of playing basketball at a super high level for four or five years. Of Oh, I, I can't really get in your space, man. I need to move around. I need to make myself yeah. useful. Uh, so I would do that. I mean, again, with LaMarcus, I don't think there's any way you can bench him and even then, I don't think Jakob Pertl's making a, a case to bench him. This guy gets so many offensive rebounds that he just throws out to the three-point line. It's like, no, go back up. Like, get the yeah. you got the rebound. Just put the ball back. Dunk it back in there. Like, he does remind me a little bit of Radoslav Nesterovic. Yeah. And just like he's a big guy. He can he can bang. He can get rebounds. But he doesn't put the ball back. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't punish the teams in the interior for getting these offensive rebounds. Uh, he just. He just kind of, you know, he's plays soft. And not that, not that I think he's a better player, but I think like that's why Drew Eubanks got uh, got a contract this year because we saw it in the bubble where he would get rebounds and he wasn't afraid to go back up with it, you know, even if he had a bad matchup or not. So yeah, de I definitely agree. I'd like to see Jakob go, you know, back up with it instead of just resetting the offense, um, you know, all the time. But yeah, I I don't think you're going to bench Lamarcus at this point. I think. You're going to ride LaMarcus until you trade him or just until the end of the year and then um, let that contract run up. But you're you're not going to bench him. You're paying him too much money to bench him. But I, I think, you know, you're going to just have to spread his minutes around if it's just not going. And, you know, he's going to have to be a guy just to come into, you know, whatever situation, whether we're up 20 or down 20. 
um, and, and kind of just have, you know, five, six minutes here or there. Um, but yeah, uh, onto the fast break thing. Like, I don't know if they're running drills or anything or, or what, but yeah, they're not filling their lanes correctly. Um, you know, you don't see like a lot of on these fast breaks, like the Warriors were, have been so successful is because they always have a guy that's just on the, on the three point line, whether it's in the corner or just kind of straight up. And the, the Spurs aren't doing that. It's like, they're just bunching up together and then maybe one guy's open for like a 12 footer and then you know, you have like two guys kind of running in the same lane, but you know, you've got to kind of keep up with the league. You got to have one guy that's just going to be wide open on the three point line so that they can make it. And you're just not seeing that with this team. You know, uh, one of the things we talked about is, is DeJounte Murray being hurt. We're thinking maybe two, two weeks. I don't know. I haven't seen anything as well as uh, Derek white. He might be back by mid February. That's kind of a guess. Uh, one of the players I want to see come back that did have surgery, uh, Quindari Weatherspoon. I thought Quindari yeah. Weatherspoon did pretty well at the the bubble last year. Uh, instead of having to sign somebody as a as a ten day contract, this guy's a good six three guard, kind of a combo guard, but again can handle the ball, can play defense. I really like that. Again, I want somebody that's going to play defense and play aggressive. Of you know, along with uh, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson, uh, I think that would that would super be be super helpful. Um, to see that, but going forward, you know, I again, this is a 500 team. I would like to see that one minor change. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how much it'll fix the team, but I think you need to just put the smarter, harder playing players on the court. And for a guy like Lonnie Walker, you've had a lot of chances last year into this year, and you've really not shown anything. Uh, I'm going to put you on the bench, and maybe, maybe he's better off the bench. Maybe he's yeah. he's a guy that's gonna he's gonna do well under different circumstances, or if it's geared to him, or he's gonna be the the microwave Johnson, if you will. If anyone gets that reference, salute. Uh, but you know, going forward, I don't know. This is a, again, I'm just disappointed because I thought that this team having Greg Popovich having uh, uh, players that were here last year would have started off better, right? They would have, you know. It's been a couple of years now that they've been playing together, and there's no more real excuses anymore. And we're still, uh, we're still back where we were maybe two years ago. Uh, last year, I thought was one of the worst Spurs teams I've ever seen. I could not watch the games; they were just despicable. It was, it was hurting my eyeballs. Uh, this year, it play they play a little bit better, but not by much. I would have liked to have seen more improvement. But again, this is the first quarter of the season. Uh, I, I think. They can turn it around, but it's going to have to take some real deep soul searching. It's going to take a great coaching season by Pop. Pop's really going to need to show that he's still got it as a coach to to get these guys motivated and put them in positions to succeed. And these guys got to show that they need to succeed because after this summer, you know, I don't think Lamarcus is coming back to the team. I think Demar maybe, but I don't think Demar gets as much money. Um, and I, I I thought this team would be a little more attractive to a free agent. Like we've got some young players that are pretty fun and good. And on con- on rookie contracts, why don't you come sign with us? And it might be, you know, well, no thanks. No, this could yeah. be kind of a, a Indiana Pacer kind of team where they're good, but not great. Uh, let's move along here. Let's talk a little bit around the league. Now, Josh, your numbers, tell us what's happening around the league. Well, uh, some things that I've kind of been impressed with, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they're the number one seed in the East right now. They're uh, 11 and five, but they just, uh, they had two really good games against Boston. Um, and I think right now, I know we're only a quarter of the way done, but, 
I think Joel Embiid's been the MVP of the league this year. He's just been Whoa. on fire. Yeah, no, it, it, but he's he's really been that good. And uh, I know in the offseason he had said, you know, he was kind of pissed off that uh, he felt that he regressed, uh, you know, last season. And that's not something that you're going to get out of a star player to admit that they regress. And that's just, I don't know if that's just been a motivating factor and kind of uh, lit a fire under him. But he's been great. He's He's been fantastic. Um, you know, his problem has just kind of been staying healthy and, uh, staying in shape in his conditioning. But um, I think having Doc Rivers there kind of revitalizes him. Um, Doc, I think, is a little bit overrated as a coach. But one of the great things that he does, and it didn't work with the Clippers last year, but I think it could work with um, Philadelphia this year, is the way he kind of staggers minutes along um, and and kind of has, you know, different people go in. So when Joel Embiid gets tired, you know, you put in Dwight Howard, and I, I, Dwight Howard's not the same player that he used to be or the same player that Joel Embiid is, but he still brings a lot of energy. He's not great offensively, but uh, defensively, he's still pretty good. He'll he'll get you rebounds. He'll try to block shots um, and, and, and kind of stagger minutes for those guys. Uh, ben Simmons, I, I don't know kind of what's going on there. Um, he seems to be fitting in with this new style that Doc is playing, but, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about him you know, being traded for James Harden before the Harden to Brooklyn trade happened. Um, and, and Ben Simmons has just kind of been okay. But uh, yeah, Joel Embiid has been awesome. Uh, Milwaukee's kind of been disappointing through this first quarter of the year. They're at nine and six. Um, Giannis has just been awful shooting free throws. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if it's just a mental block or not, but, um, you know, he's just been terrible at shooting free throws. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine, Joe. Uh, shout out to Joe, and he lives in Milwaukee. And he's a he's a huge Bucks fan, and uh, it doesn't seem like Bud kind of has the same. Coach Bud has the same problems that Pop does, uh, as far as rotation and not playing younger guys, and they probably should be in. Uh, I asked him because I've I've watched a fair share of Bucks games since they're always they always seem to be like a national TV game. Um, and any time that Bren Forbes shoots it, it never goes in. No. So I asked my buddy Joe, I was like, has this been going on? He's like, yeah, he's been really inconsistent. So um, that's sad to see from Bren Forbes. I, I thought that he was going to kind of fit in a little bit better there. But um, they've just been kind of disappointing. Um, Brooklyn, they've played two games with this big three lineup, both against Cleveland. Um, and Cleveland's kind of whipped their ass and had their way yeah. with uh, with uh, with Brooklyn and especially uh, uh, Colin Sexton, who uh, I didn't really like coming out of college, but he's just he was awesome in these past few games. Um, he kind of single handedly won uh, won the game for them on Wednesday night. And then um, yesterday, I, I don't know what Brooklyn's issue is. They're going to be horrible defensively. Um, but those three guys, they have to get it together, you know, offensively if they're going to. Uh, uh, if they're going to compete and, you know, for a championship. And I think they'll get it together eventually, but um, it's also a team that, you know, they're going to give up a, a, a hell of a lot of points. Um, and then lastly in the East, New York, uh, they're eight and nine. Um, yeah. they, lost last, they lost last night to a, a bad Kings team. They've been inconsistent, but uh, you know, the, the night before they beat golden state, a team that tramps the Spurs by 20 points. Um R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, uh, I don't know if you'll believe this or not, 
they're amongst the tops for uh, players leading the league in minutes. Um, That's a surprise. That's very yeah. that, that Tom Thibodeau would run these young guys into the ground with minutes. But you know they get paid enough, so they're fine. You know what? I'm I used to be anti staunch, anti Thibodeau with his minutes, but now I'm like, no, let him play. You know, get the get the mileage out of him. Well, and those you know those are the Knicks' two best players, and I kind of use like two best you know in quotes, but um, you know they've they've been playing a lot uh, a lot better than I thought. You know, I, I thought that they would be towards the bottom of uh, of the East, and there's still a lot of basketball to be played, but. You know, if anything, they play hard, um, and and it's kind of that Tibbs style. So, you know, maybe they end up getting that eighth seed in the East, or or maybe they kind of fall back. But you know, they've they've been kind of fun to watch. And then um, Toronto and Miami have had slow starts. I think Toronto's kind of seen the end of everything from the championship team that they had two years ago. Uh, I think that's just gone at this point. And uh, Miami, they've had a lot of injuries, and they've kind of been riddled by uh, by COVID. Um, so I think it's a matter of time before they come back. Remember, they they really didn't start that great last year, and then they ended up making the NBA Finals. So um, I'm not too worried about them. And then going to the West real quick, um, it's kind of chalk at the top with the Lakers and Clippers in 1-2. They both share this 12-4 uh, and four record. Um, they've both been playing well. The Lakers look great. Um, Clippers, on the other hand, I think that record is a little bit deceiving because there are times, and, and I've watched them a handful of times this year, where um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't on the same page. Um, and defensively, they kind of look like they've taken a step back. And you kind of thought, well, you have those two. You have a guy like Pat Beverly. Like, they should be guarding the perimeter. But um, there's still a lot of teams that are able to get three-pointers just on them, almost like money. Um, so that's something to kind of watch out for. Utah's been great. Uh Donovan Mitchell has kind of, I think he's kind of ascended into that uh, upper echelon of, of stars right there. I, I think he's a top 10 guy right now. Um, and he's just, it's not a great team that's built around him. I mean, Rudy Gobert is kind of their second best player and he's great defensively, but he's not going to give you a lot of, you know, offense. But uh, Donovan Mitchell just reminds me so much of Dwayne Wade of how he can just go into the lane. He can knock down shots. He can find open guys. And he just always has energy. He's just been incredible this year. Um, I don't know if I would put him in my MVP voting alongside Joel Embiid, but uh, I think Donovan Mitchell's first team All-NBA right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there. Um, and then kind of the rest of the West has been a little bit lacking. Um, your seventh and eighth seeds right now are Dallas and Denver. Both of them have kind of had disappointing starts, especially Denver. I thought they'd be way better. And I thought Jamal Murray would play better um, going into the season after he had just a tremendous showing in the bubble. But he's uh, he's kind of had a down year. Although Nikola Jokic is uh, he's averaging a triple double. He's just been he's been phenomenal, and I think he just kind of expected at this point. Um, Dallas, I don't know what's going on with them. I think Luca's kind of finally working himself into shape. I know they're missing Kristaps Porzingis for the first part of the season. Um, maybe they get it together defensively. They're, uh, they're not great. I think you saw that last night where, um, we were kind of knocking down shots that we had and, and getting open shots that we kind of had no business getting. Um, and that's kind of been a troubling factor with Dallas. And then, um, you know, kind of looking through the rest of the Western conference, it's just kind of a log jam with, the the kind of, you know, four through 12, you have, uh, Phoenix, Portland, Memphis, Dallas, Denver, Golden State, and San Antonio. 
with nearly identical records. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at those right now. Um, uh, just as you said, that like the Suns at eight and six. Yeah. And I've not seen any Suns games, but uh, I would I would assume that they they're playing well. And here's the thing I think is that's happening as well is maybe we're seeing a real hangover from the bubble. Like they yeah. they only had maybe the Lakers had what a month between you yeah, know the championship and the draft. Uh, but they have so much talent that they can overcome that. But I think when you look at the guys that made it, like we're talking about the Nuggets here, uh, you know, they they played pretty hard. The Jazz are at number three, uh, which isn't too bad. But I'm looking at the Nuggets, and maybe there was a potential hangover from the bubble that they had a lot of um, success, but maybe just not enough time to to regroup and um, and starting the season. But again, you're right, you know. The Suns are eight and six. The Spurs are eight and eight, and they're separated by six spots in the in the Western Conference. So, um, but I'm I'm glad I'm glad for the Suns. I mean, I don't like Phoenix, but good for them. You know, I, I like any of these teams. I only like the Spurs, and that's final. Yeah, I I uh, I like Denver. I, I I think they're fun to watch. I I love Portland. Portland's had their problems, and now CJ McCollum's going to be gone for uh, an extended period of time. So maybe they kind of fall back into the standings. Um, yeah, it, it's just a huge logjam. Uh, Golden State's kind of playing at and around where I thought they'd be. Uh, James Wiseman's been great. I don't know if you've had a chance to um, yeah. watch him as much as I have, but he's been awesome. And then uh, kind of in the bottom, it, it's kind of what you expect. I thought New Orleans would be playing a little bit better. I, I think they, the makeup of that team is just really bad. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There's no reason to be start both Stephen Adams and uh and zion williamson uh i don't know what that team's built for and, and i think they're going to be a team that's going to um i don't know if they're necessarily going to be a seller but they're definitely going to have a, a new look from the trade deadline uh, minnesota's been really bad i think they've been the worst team in the nba that i've watched this year even though they beat the spurs but um they've they've been terrible you know sacramento's been kind of where i thought they'd be oklahoma is six and eight it's not great but I thought they would be where Minnesota is. So um, still a lot of basketball left. It, it's been a fun season so far. I'm glad to have it back. Um, I know there's been a lot of postponements because uh, of COVID-19. And I hope, you know, we really start to get a handle on that sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, as of right now, I, I'm just enjoying, you know, kind of having it in my life and uh, being able to watch it on a nightly basis. Well, I want to come in with a message here. I got a message from our, our third partner here, uh, Big Ben, uh, who was dutifully doing the dishes. He Uh-oh. was not able to join us. <laughs> but he did want, He said he wanted to mention this trade. Uh, we talked a little bit about trades offline, and he wants uh, Drew Holiday or Patrick Beverly, but the feels like the Spurs might go for an Avery Bradley kind of player. So... Um, I thought that that would be, I thought that was good. Uh, it looks like, you know, Benjamin wants a little more from our either point guard and defensive point guard, if, yeah. if I'm looking, which I, I agree. I think that's good. I told him that you and I had possibly mentioned uh, giving, uh, looking at Ben Simmons. Uh, and looking at Ben Simmons, he's only averaging 12 points. He and Lonnie Walker are averaging the same amount of points. And I'm complaining about Lonnie Walker here, but. Yeah, but at, at least Ben Ben Simmons is like an all defensive first guy. Like he's a. He's a legit lockdown lockdown defender. I don't think you're getting that from Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. So I just, again, shout out to Big Ben for his for his uh, acumen, you know, and his one for a defensive player. I think that's good. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. That I'm just glad to have basketball on. 
um, even though if I have to watch it through uh, sideways means here. But uh, it is good to have. It's good to watch. And again, uh, hopefully going into the season, I just hope the Spurs just play better. Now I'm really dis- – I don't know. It should make me even more disappointed, but I'm even more disappointed that, you know, being 8-8, eight and eight, uh, if we were 9-7, and seven, right, or 10-6, um, yeah. ten and, ten and, six, ten and that six. we would be up there in the you know, 4 or 5 slot. But that's what separates. you got to win these games. These games that are within your reach, you have to win them um, because you don't know what's going to happen. So who knows? I still trust in Pop. It was good to see Becky Hammond had come back. I think yeah. she was she was in quarantine for a bit there. Um, but yeah, we'll see if there's any news falling out, but that's all I got for today. Josh numbers, any last moments before we close out? Uh, Poku is averaging three and three. I just want to put that out there. God damn. I saw. Yeah. I, I, I hate, and he's an active player. He's this active. He's getting, he's getting minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really playing, but he moves around and I can't say the same for Luka Samanic. You know, I feel like I've got. The Hill Country Fair brand of Pokashevsky is Lucas Samanich, and he's older. He's yeah, the king like, vitamin of. All I'm saying is Poku is averaging a 2.24 PER. I'll take it. Oh, God. But, he's getting at least 15 minutes a night. That's it. It's absurd. And we <laughs> can use that today. He's averaging 17 minutes. Um, yeah. It's. I feel He's like fun. he just wears church shoes. He plays basketball in church shoes. And, like, you know, I, I, who was the one guy that got drafted? He was from another country. And then, like, he didn't have anywhere to stay. So he just stayed in, like, the the uh, locker room. He's like, I've got to shower here. I can eat here. It's fine. I don't have anywhere to go. Was that Nikolas Skidishvili? I, I want to say it was, like, Giannis. Like, poor Giannis had come. And they're like, yeah, we'll set something up for him. He's like, I can stay here. It's fine. It's good. Now now he's uh, the highest paid player in the NBA, so dreams do come true. So he can he now owns that locker room. Like he's like I yeah, pay for he, it now. He, he I can't stay owns here. That locker room. Right. Well, Josh Numbers, it was good talking to you. Wanna shout out Big Ben. Wanna shout out some of our uh, our listeners here. Cat Hollywood, Tori the Terminator. Uh we'll see if we we get to talk to you all before the arrival of a new Spurs fan. Uh, C-Note, Charlie G. Um, maybe he'll uh, guest spot on this podcast as well. As you know, I let anybody on this whole thing. But uh, from Joshua Numbers, Adam Dane signing off. And, uh, keep watching basketball.